there a more interpersonal reason for you that it became about not just this community of people getting together and feeling connected, but feeling connected and feeling supported through challenging times of mental health? Yeah, well, like a lot of it is um, my service in the Defence Force. Yeah. Um, if those of you ha- who haven't listened to episode one, I, I spent six and a half years in the army um, and went over to Afghanistan a couple of times. Um, I also had some, some friends, unfortunately, killed over there. Yeah. Um, and, and also, and more so, um, uh, people commit suicide on, the, on um, uh, post-service. Alrighty, g'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of A Lot to Talk About. It's your boy, Captain of the Ship, Man in Charge, Bradley J. Driver, of course, you can call me Brad. And this one is very nostalgic because some of you have been following the show, I know, from day one, which I'm very grateful for. And today we've actually got the first ever guest, the first ever episode of what was once the Bradley J. Driver experience. Now a lot to talk about. We've come back to run it back, but really to talk about a whole bunch of new stuff because what we started to lead towards in that first episode was a business that was building a community and a community that was building towards something very powerful and very special for a whole lot of people. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So from your home, your car or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only, Mr. Lachlan Stevens. Hey how are you, mate? Hey, Brad. How are you, man? Mate, I'm, I'm great. It's so good to be here. It's like, like we're saying, it's funny. Yeah. It feels like I remember listening to that pod. Mm-hmm. It was February. I listened to it a bit this morning. Yeah. And it was Feb 2020. And we're talking about Super Bowl coming up. Yeah. And, and that was all cancelled. It was insane. No, yeah. that, no, this oh, was the year before. This is before COVID, bro. This is before COVID. All the COVID. dates blend in for me. I, I can, yeah, it's been one big whirlwind, but so much has happened between then and now. It's, yeah. it's weird to think because listening to you talk about in that your goals for 2020. Yeah. And then being able to see what you've done in that year. And then, you know, we're walking towards the end of 2021 yeah. now what's been a crazy year for business but a really really impressive year i have to say Mm -hmm. for you not just as a business owner but as someone who's doing some real good for the community Mm. i want to dive into that um you have something that i believe at the time was called barstool blokes if i remember correctly it's now the barstool brothers yeah that's correct let's talk about that and what that means yeah well um we back Back, way back when, when we started speaking, um, I, I wanted to kind of build a community. It wasn't about building a business. Um, yeah. uh, it, it, was, it wasn't about selling burgers. It was, it was about building something a little bit more just for, mm. for my own motivation, I guess, most selfishly, but also to, to get staff to buy into something a little bit bigger yeah. um, because it's hospitality. If you know mm. hospitality and we're, we're above Lee and me at the moment... People are leaving in droves, which yeah. was amplified through COVID. So it was important for us to to build something that people can believe in, not only our staff but also our customers. And and Barstool Brothers does represent that. It also represents um, something that we can give back to the community and, and provide for the community. And it, it the importance of it has been demonstrated through COVID. Um, when you have blokes in crisis situations mm. giving you a call saying, this is my darkest day. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about doing the committing suicide or, or, or 
harming myself and and you're the person on the end of the line that needs to to speak to them um, um, talk them through it and also get that critical help that they need so it's like it's absolutely um, been an amazing journey over the last couple of years and and to to sit here and kind of say well actually some of the stuff we spoke about in episode one um, has actually got it's blown blown out much higher and and there's much more importance on it than I thought in episode one um, that there would be so it's been phenomenal yeah. it's incredible to see and I've really got to commend you because as as someone who knows how special it feels to help other people through tough times, me it's with CF. Mm. Um, I've never been in the mental health space, right? But I know what that you get that personal fulfillment, right? But I feel like for everyone, even though you know how special it's going to be, why you're doing it, there's always a more interpersonal reason. Is mm. there a more interpersonal reason for you that it became about not just this community of people getting together and feeling connected, but mm feeling connected and feeling supported through challenging times of mental health? Yeah, well, like a lot of it is um, my service in the Defence Force. Yeah. Um, if those of you ha who haven't listened to episode one, I, I spent six and a half years in the army um, and went over to Afghanistan a couple of times. Um, I also had some, some friends unfortunately killed over there yeah. um, and, and also and, and more so um, uh, people commit suicide on the, on um, uh, post service, so it's intensely personal to me, yeah. um, and that's where I get a lot of motivation. As those people who have been through that struggle and and obviously um, have um, ended their life, um, and that that's where a lot of motivation to provide a framework for my community, my immediate community now that I've left the army because it's not the army anymore. I stay in contact with a lot of friends, but um, there's a new community. Yeah. And, um, and whether you've served overseas or whether, whether you've broken up with your missus, whether you've had a shit time um, uh, with some personal stuff, whether you lost your job, whatever's going on, um, there's a space for you to come in Wollongong. And there's a space for you to talk freely about the issues you're having, knowing the person on the other side of the bar or the other side of the table is there to, to listen and there to support and not there to judge um, and knows the right kind of avenues to drive you down um, if, you, if you need that extra help from a clinical perspective. So, um, yeah, the, the army is the catalyst for, for my inspiration and motivation to... to operate in this space mm, that's really powerful and i think we spoke about it we might have briefly touched on it in the first episode where i'd been to at the time what was barstool blokes mm. one tuesday evening and i'd actually sat across from a group of guys i didn't know had no mm. connection with they were just familiar faces from around wollongong and you know mm. wollongong's a small town you see people all the time you end up sitting down and having a chat eventually in your life and one of those guys that I sat across, I remember leaving the event that night mm. and thinking, man, I'm going to be really good mates with those two guys, mm. two brothers. And mm. I ended up creating an amazing friendship with them both. And one of them is one of my best mates, Jared Peskid, Yeah. to yeah. this day. And, and Jared and I have stayed incredibly connected. And, what and that's was, where it started from. That's where it started from. Yeah, I didn't right. know Jared before. Yeah. We literally, I walked in and my, my plan mm. on that day was... You know, I'm really privileged that mm. I'm in a great place mentally. If mm. I can come along to this event and maybe someone's there by themselves, mm. 
um, I'll go by myself and make sure that nobody felt like it was, yeah. I guess, um, intimidating to come and sit down with a group of people. And it just sort of turned out that by the time I got there, everyone was sort of sat down. Mm. And Jared seen me walk in. He goes, hey, how you going, mate? I'm Jared. I've seen your face around town plenty of times. Mm. Um, why don't you come and sit down with us? We sat down, had a burger, started chatting, and literally is the creation of an amazing friendship. So, yeah, that's awesome. Like, we, we see each other every week. We speak, speak to each other every couple of days, and that's the power of this sort of thing. Mm. And then for me to go on from that event and hear about his personal battle with mental health and depression mm. and bipolar, which he come on the podcast and spoke about. Mm. He spoke about that in the infancy of the podcast. It was episode 24, and I guess for me what's been a real realisation is... As I sit here now, I'm privileged to say that, you know, we're well over 100 recorded episodes and, um, you know, close to 100 guest episodes. I've been lucky to have some people with millions of followers on social and mm. who have incredible audiences. But his story, all the way back at episode mm. 24, is one of the top two listens. Well, and that, that's authenticity. 100%. And, and uh, like, it, it doesn't matter how many follow followers you have if you've got a powerful story and it is the power of story um and and we've partnered with mental health movement um and dan hunt um who has done uh, a lot in the mental health space and runs a successful business as well he talks a lot about the power Mm. of story because that's how you build connection with each other yeah. and fundamentally that's what Barstool Brothers is all about it's not a, a mental health support group and people don't come down to his boy Elroy to talk about their stories necessarily initially they yeah. come down to network like yeah. you did come down to network and meet new people um, once they've met new people um, <clears throat> once under this umbrella of, of um, a, a safe space, um, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, then we solidify the relationships by going to trivia, going on morning walks, mm. going to golf, ten pin bowling, um, some alcoholic event, uh, some some um, involving alcohol, some not involving alcohol, some involving families, some not inv- involving families. So it gives a diversity of options for them to build and solidify those relationships that they've built at this networking event. Yeah. Um, and then they may be comfortable talking to each other about their feelings because blokes are a little bit different. They're wired a little bit different to, to females where yeah. sometimes it's hard to... You, 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 you shouldn't be poking and prodding. Mm. People clamour up and go into their shell let's have let's make it authentic and organic and um it's good to see um yourself and and jared's relationship build because that's a proof of concept people aren't necessarily um people aren't necessarily going to these meetings or these events um and being super depressed you don't know when you're going to be super depressed in a couple of weeks i might feel a little bit down that's fine um do I need to go to a Barstool Brothers event? Yes, because I just want to see some friends. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily about going when you need it. It's just getting into that routine, that social routine, because and building a, a community around yourself um, because you don't know when you're going to have to lean on them for help, yeah. whatever it may be. It might be doing plastering at your, at your house. It, it might be... Um, it, it might be something a little bit deeper in having those conversations. It might be a HR-related 
issue like um, I, I caught up with um, Warwick who owns ADC Locksmith and, and he's having some dramas in that space and he just wanted to talk to me about them. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be mental health related um, but all these things can, and, and building this community obviously helps everyone in, involved in the community. Well, it's the thing, isn't it? Like challenge and hardship, whilst at first may not be something that damages or tarnishes your mental health, mm-hmm. without nurturing that and understanding it and being able to speak about it, eventually it definitely can. Mm. And I guess you've done an incredible job of building that community where hardships and challenges can be spoken about in a comfortable zone, a comfortable area. Was that for you? Was there a realisation at some point in time that Barstool Brothers was becoming this place for people who really needed the extra service and the combination with mental health movement? Like, what was the notice point for you where you said, okay, we really need to connect with someone here to make sure we're providing expert help? Well, we, well the realisation came in this most recent lockdown um, okay. when we had a, four people contact either myself or other people in the Barstool network um, in, at, at the point of crisis, at the darkest days. Um, and it, it became clear to us that we um, have... The, the, the organisation has developed out of its infancy yeah. um, and, and the relationships that we've been fostering um, are developing into that point, that transition point where we need to have frameworks in place to offer um, something more yeah um we aren't executing and that's not our role if we were if that was our role i think we'd lose our authenticity and we wouldn't establish and build those relationships through the networking and the social functions it'll become a little bit clinical yeah but we just need to be able to push people in or guide people into the right um right directions for the right support for them the one way we do that is through mental health movement and the education training. So we provide all our staff um, uh, mental health first aid training through um, mental health movement so they can have those crucial conversations um, and we can direct them. Um, we've also got an online kind of training package that is available to anyone for free um, that they can log on and um, they can get that self-help um, yeah. around dealing with anxiety, stress, um, whatever it is, relationships, um, substance abuse, uh, and um, they, they can go on and it, that's a little bit more self-directive. Um, what we're working towards is becoming a not-for-profit mm. um, and separating it out from his boy Roy because in a sense I, I think it's, it's definitely got posi- uh, it's got potential to be bigger than his boy Elroy. Yeah. From an impact perspective, mm. like I said, it, I don't care about selling burgers. Real, like that's just a means to to fund social endeavors that Selena and I want to do in the future. Money's great, but it, it's not the catalyst of why I do what I do. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what what our intention is to to make um uh make Barstool Brothers are not for profit, um, and then provide that training um, in the mental health space to uh, uh, grassroots sporting clubs in the region, mm-hmm. other hospitality businesses, um, other at risk organisations, and small businesses who can't afford to pay for the training in the mental health space. 
you shouldn't have to pay for training on learning how to have a crucial conversation with someone in the dire neck. Definitely. You shouldn't have to pay for that. Um, so it's our intention to, to, um, to, to provide that service in the future to, to other people that may not be able to afford it. That's extremely exciting because you can see how purpose-driven it is mm. for you and you can see how much of an impact this is going to make for business as a whole around the Illawarra, around the country, and just for the individuals that form under those businesses. And I feel like it's, it's often, you know, it's, for me, it's often a thought that I have where I go, we look at society now in 2021, we're starting to get more comfortable with this conversation, hmm. which is really healthy. We're starting to hear of a lot more people who are struggling with their mental health. I don't exactly know how to, to put my finger on it or to figure out what the answer to my question is, but I guess I'll ask you for your thoughts. Do you think that because it's more common to speak about it now, because we understand the complexity of mental health and the amount of people who are actually struggling with it, that we're now hearing of more people? Or do you think this is something that has become more present and a more present challenge for people because of the way society's changing? Well, it's a, it's a difficult one. It's like the chicken or the egg. But I, I just think these issues and challenges in whatever form, whether it's coronavirus or mm. um, domestic violence, um, the, these challenges have always been present through society. People just don't know how to talk about it and feel that if they talk about it, it will be weak. Yeah. Um, and and I, like, I think we're... People like yourself, people like the bar, people in the Barstool Brothers, um, people like Dan Hunt at the Mental Health Movement, um, and all these other charity organisations in the mental health space are teething it out of society and, and conditioning society to be able to talk about it a little bit more. Because, geez, if you're not upset and emotionally kind of changed or moved through your experience in coronavirus, there's got to be something wrong with you. <laughs> If you're if you're breezing through this, my question to you is how has that not impacted you? Yeah. Because the 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 state of the world at the moment, whether it's from a political discourse perspective, whether it's from uh, the Black Lives um, Matter movement, or whether it's from the anti-vaxxer shit that we see, um, uh, it's like there is so much struggle in the world. Like we're we're at the front of a restaurant now. It's two weeks into the reopening, and the council decide to do um, a, a construction on the yeah. road, and you can't get into the. It's difficult to get into the restaurant. That's I'll, stressful. My studio's yeah. above here, and I walked in early this morning to get a coffee, and I was like, "Am I allowed to go in there?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. they don't make matters easier, do they? And I think you touched on it there. Mm. The last two years has mm. been potentially two of the toughest years mm. in. A very long time for society. In our lives, yeah. yeah. Definitely in our lives. And, like, fortunately, and, and I'm, I'm reflective <coughs> from the perspective that I, I went over to Afghanistan and experienced an abnormal situation yeah. um, that people don't usually experience. I searched for improvised explosive devices. Um, it, it's not a, like, that. that's not a normal situation. But how I use that in this context, it's comparison. And I, I look back and I'm like, actually, you know what, Lachlan? Don't get nervous about coming on a podcast with Brad. Mm -hmm. Why get nervous? Because you've just 
Like, you've searched for improvised explosive devices in Afghanistan, you dickhead. Why are you getting nervous about this? Yeah. Um, or, or, and I'd, I've done that with coronavirus, so we can just lean into what we need to do in coronavirus. So building resilience is also important. Yeah. Um, and I think that is one of the benefits through the last two years and the challenges that everyone has faced. It's a universal experience. Um, is is one of the main benefits to come out of this is it offers perspective and resilience to everyone. Um, your journey over the last couple of years and podcasting, um, we we're talking about it before um, we we went live. Is like that's definitely built resilience in you. Yeah, and whatever, like it, it, you continue to do great things with podcasting, fantastic. If you deviate and go on another path in the future. You're going to you're going to be laughing because those challenges are like that you face in that new role or whatever. Yeah. It's going to be a walk in the park because you know how much of a slog podcasting has been. Yeah. yeah. You know. You know what's interesting? See, we talk about mental health movement. Um, one of the former workers at Mental Health mm. Movement, Brett Canellan. Yeah, he was on the show, one. wasn't he? He was on the show. He ran yeah. a marathon with me on Saturday. Yeah. Um, he's an incredible human being, and. You know, we had we had a moment at about 33Ks where my body started to shut down, which was kind of expected just because of my, my ill health leading into the event. And I was emotional, right? Because mm. probably the most emotional I've been in a long time because mm. what I started to see was I felt like I was bringing down my mates around me. Yeah. Their constant stopping when they looked really good and really fresh yeah. was killing me. And I was like, man, I'm bringing people down here because my energy isn't there. Yeah. And I'd done a little roll call and mm. had a chat with the boys. We actually got it on, one of the boys filmed it on the bike. And it was really, like, it was really emotional mm. for me. I was choking up. And I actually reverted back to, I watched a bit of SAS yeah. recently. Great show. Great show, yeah. right? All about building mental resilience, being a part of a team, taking responsibility, mm. but also understanding you're supposed to be emotional and you're supposed to find those ways to channel that energy and, and be the best version of yourself. And... One thing I learned from watching that show, which I'm sure you would have learned in your time in the military, is they always say when it comes to a time where you're straggling, mm. don't make your pack suffer for it, right? Mm. But then they also say the leader of the pack and the people within that pack should pick you up mm. and make sure they support you, right? And that's one of the lessons. It's almost like a test for everyone else in the pack, right? And I was at a point where I said, boys... I can't let you suffer because of me anymore. You need mm. to go ahead. Like this is, people say this is Brad's event, but really this event's about everybody who's in it. Mm. Like you've all got your personal struggles. You've all got mm. your things that you've come through the other side of to be here today. I want you to go ahead and finish strong. And all the boys were like, no, nah, we started this together. We finished it together. They picked me back up and we charged towards the finish line. For me, it was a really special moment because... Mm. The people around you and the circle that you have supporting you through tough times and through challenges can be life-changing. Yeah, it's that whole adage, you show me your friends, I'll show you your, your future. 100%. If you're hanging around dirtbags, you're going to fucking be a dirtbag. Like, exactly and, and right. that's unfortunate. I, I um, mentor a, a, a few young guys and, um, and, and even through Barstool Brothers, um, associate... Cut, do an audit on your friends. Mm. Check in and see kind of, well, actually, who are those people who are dragging me down? 
Mm. Um, and and who are those people who are lifting me up and associate with the ladder because they're the people that are going to drive you forward. Now, like it's great um, to be now in that position where I can look back and lift up people who may be struggling yeah. and, and I, I have that tolerance and resilience to, to do that because I, from a, a financial perspective and um, a career perspective and a, and a mental perspective, I'm in a really good spot yeah. and you should always look to lift as many people up in life as possible. But if you're not in the right spot, you, you can't be lifting people up. And you yeah. saw it on the SAS show. You see, um, they put the weakest people in, in charge of the team events. Yeah. Um, and the, the weakest people, are, are they're gassing out and they're, mm. they're blowing smoke. Um, and they're expected to lead and lift the team up. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And you get Sammy Burgess, who's been just trotting along, yeah. um, uh, pick up the team because he can. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fittest at that moment and he, he slips into that natural role of lifting people up. But um, if you're not in the right spot, that's fine. Mm. Um, rely on your team and your relationships you built with your team to lift you up um, because there's going to be a time where you're lifting those people up. It's, you know, sport's a great analogy mm. for that, isn't it? And I think, you know, every... And I actually said it to Dad last night because mm. we are watching the civilian one. Mm. And I said to Dad, you can see the difference in not in everyone, but in leadership when you've got someone who has been through moments as a captain of a sports team or someone who's led a pack of people towards some sort of successful victory through tough times, you can see the difference in character and strength. Mm. But then, they were all rookies once. Yeah. You don't walk on for your debut game as captain of the team. Like, that takes time. Yeah. It takes time. You need to rely on the strength of the people around you before you can be the leader. And you Mm. learn from the people who are in front of you. And I'm so blessed that... In my life, I'm surrounded by so many good people. Yeah. And it's, it's a thing I feel grateful for every day. Like, every time I, I pursue something, whether it be podcast space, um, the stuff with cystic fibrosis, any other area of my life, there's yeah. so many people that I feel like are lifting me up and pushing me in the right direction. And I'm so grateful for that. And I guess a message to anyone who's watching this or listening to this if you feel like you're in a great place in your life, take that opportunity, like Lockie said, to lift others up because mm. there's nothing like it. There's no feeling like it. And for me, the you know, I love doing this, but there's something special about when I get to do that marathon every year that I know there's a bunch of kids with CF mm. who aren't healthy enough to be out there and only wish they could be. Yeah. Like my mate Joe Plum said it beautifully on the weekend. He said, we've chosen this struggle today. Mm. There's some people who struggle and it's not their choice. Mm. So let's appreciate every moment of the pain. Mm. And I think it's so true. So it's really special. And I can't commend you enough for building a community Mm. and building something at Barstool Brothers that is so powerful and allowing other people to see that within themselves, get through tough times and eventually become those leaders that will lift those who were once in their shoes. Absolutely. I don't know if um, if you saw it at Barstool Brothers, Paul... Um, he, he, um, and he wouldn't mind me, me sharing this story because he's gone on to, to share it himself, um, in the media, but he was, um, on Fairy Meadow Beach, um, and, and he tried to attempt on his life and, um, and, uh, woke up with, um, some, some issues about being unconscious for so long and, 
um, he went through a rough patch and found Barstool Brothers. And it wasn't the traditional support clinical field group. Um, we'll, at Trivia, we'll, we're having um, uh, beers and burgers at his boy. Um, and he found a community. Um, and he found a community of blokes who could help him out when he was in his mm. darkest days and who wanted to help <coughs> him out. And um, he... Um, he he's come alive. He's he's now been doing peer to peer support. Um, he he's uh, got himself a house. He's um, got himself a missus. It's an amazing story of a, an amazing person um, uh, who who has shown resilience um, and also a willingness to to try and to get better because we can we've just put in the framework for him to achieve his goals. Um, or to help him achieve his goals, um, he's executed. Um, mm. But it gives a lot of satisfaction to myself and I know a lot of the other Barstool brothers knowing that we're a part of that journey. And yeah. that, um, you, you, you said it as well, but that's that helper's high you get. It's yeah. like a drug. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it, it, um, it, it releases those endorphins that you get when you work out, for example. Yeah. Those feel-good endorphins where you're, you're happy to, to help people out. It is draining at a point too, mm. just like working out. You do get tired, um, but um, you need to kind of think about who helps the helper and also maintain kind of life outside of what you, um, you help that you're providing other people as well. We spoke about it a little bit on the last podcast and you spoke about how you felt grateful that you were able to stay in a good place mentally mm. post-military. Mm. Obviously, hearing these stories now and being a big part of that journey, like you said, you've got to remember sometimes helpers need to help the helpers. Yeah. Um, how's it been for you to manage your own mental health and has there been anchors within your day, your week, your life that have been a really good way to cement good mental health within you? I, I picture it like, and it, it's probably not best practice, but I, I always use the analogy. I'm like a duck on a pond. My legs are fucking going crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'm just floating along on the surface. Mm. Um, so from, from an outsider's perspective, it might make it look like I'm, I'm quite relaxed mm. and easygoing, but my mind or um, I'm always got something at play. It's hard for me to switch off. And that's not bad. That, that is, it, it helps me. Yeah. It helps me drive business objectives through his boy Elroy. We never stop. Um, it helps me, um, uh, it, it can be detrimental to relationships as well. Mm. Um, but it's about having that acknowledgement that I am wired that way and setting aside some time in my week um, to, to just actually switch off yeah. and get rid of devices. Um, uh, associate with some friends that like there is no kind of talk about work or barstool brothers um spend time with selena um, yeah. my wife go for a walk mm. um by myself even um and just knowing how to kind of top up my cup yeah. my emotional cup again yeah so then i can spend the next week kind of empty in that cup and topping it back yeah. up yeah. It's so important, isn't it? Like I found for me going into the COVID lockdowns, which is mm. what, like 16, 17 weeks ago now, mm. almost having all that free time mm-hmm. where I was like, I'm not coming into the studio anymore. I'm now sitting. I'm not organizing podcasts. I don't have any other things to focus on. What am I going to do? I was like, well, I need to self-reflect. 
because I started to realize that spending a bit of time by myself, I wasn't exactly happy with my direction. Like I, mm. I felt purpose driven towards what I was doing, but I wasn't exactly sure I was in the right vehicle mm. to get there. And I had to sit and self-reflect and it brought up for me a lot of, um, a lot of awareness around the areas in my life I was going wrong, mm. the places and times in my life where I'm at my best and why I need to be working those things and those habits that are a part of my life when I'm at my best mentally and physically and um, in all other areas, I need to be working those back into my routine again. For mm. me, it was like, it was keeping fit and healthy. For me, it's a, it's a big part of feeling great and having great energy. And I noticed an incredible difference between the days where I get up early and I go for a walk or a run mm. and jump in the ocean and get that little bit of time away from my screen and my phone yeah, to the days absolutely. where I don't, where yeah. I feel really flat and tired and almost cranky and irritable. Mm. Yeah, and I've done the same thing with um, with my my job. I, I you, you audit your life and, yeah. and that's what you're talking about. It's like, well, what, what works for me? What's bringing me down? Um, what's building me back up? And um, with his boy in particular, I realized like, like I, I love being in there um, in the environment, but I'm not pouring beers. I don't mm. want to pour beers. Yeah. Um, I, I need to rely on my, my leadership. I, I enjoy leadership. Mm. I enjoy coaching and mentoring and, and guiding and, and creative thinking. Um, I need to build a role for myself around that. Mm. Um, and um, that's where my strengths is because that's where my passion is. Yeah. Um, and um, for for everything else i need to build and rely on my team to fill those gaps and they have strengths and weaknesses they have things that they don't like coming into work and doing um and it's not about passing the buck but it's about filling those voids with their stuff and we're lucky at his boy already we've got an organization that has a little bit of meat on the bone and we can plug that with the team but what it's created and by focusing on our strengths um, rather than working on our weaknesses, we need to have an awareness of our weaknesses. Yep. Um, but we we can't spend too much time on them. I can't spend too much time on a sous chef's um, weaknesses and building them up because they're likely been weaknesses for twenty six years of their life. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to plug them in the year two years three years that we have them on board yeah um, i'm going to focus on their strengths i'm going to do my best to plug the the gaps um uh and and build that organization like that so um i've done that personally i've done it from a his boy's perspective but now i'm kind of like since we last spoke i'm in such a better space in terms of the efficiency within my life in general yeah. and and also the the organization yeah and it's, it's funny because like you said, I've, I've been able to observe it through mm. social and through bumping in here around mm. town and coming into his boy. And I know you said like a, a duck where you're kicking your feet under mm. the water, but you're just floating above the surface. I look at you and I think for all he's doing, it looks very calm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that obviously comes down to good leadership and good management. Yeah. But at the same time, I can imagine there's a million things ticking over in your head all the time. Mm. Can we talk about some of those challenges in the last sort of like year, year and a half, two years, and also just some of the funny moments and the moments of realization that have come out of Barstool Brothers and like just almost like a highlight reel, really. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess like it's it's been 
Um, it's been an amazing kind of two years. We like coronavirus obviously hit, and um, I I thought back to um, my time in the military actually, and um, and uh, in the being in those real kind of unpredictable, intense situations um, of stress and anxiety and and um, uncertainty, and what made someone good and what made someone bad it's that fight or flight response mm. and and we didn't want to have a flight response we wanted to have a fight re- response and and we we analyzed the the situation at hand um going into lockdown we obviously looked at what was happening in um at that stage it was new york and in london um and and how the business response and the pandemic response was um to to that and what 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 was the new world going to look like and then we build out a a business operation model to suit that um we also thought about actually what what does being in lockdown mean for people like and and their mental health yeah um how can we use his boy elroy and and running delivery deliveries out to um uh these people and connecting with them um and and providing them free burgers for example um uh but also and more so um a chance to connect with people um in an unconnected world and i think whenever there's challenges um there's also opportunities to to set yourself a part of the pack yeah and you notice that in war as well in in that heat of the battle you you notice the people who stand out and that recognition and acknowledgement mightn't be noticed straight after the event, but it might not be noticed a couple of years down the track in the form of uh, someone getting a Victoria's cross or a medal of gallantry. It's a recognition of what they did in that moment of crisis. They had some clarity and they were able to objectively and just form formulate a plan and just go with the gut um and i think we did a good job of doing that um and and just using using coronavirus as an opportunity challenge and stress test the business yep um looking where the the gaps in our operation were and plugging them for example table table ordering um, which we've now implemented, um, and it's all digital, so we're collecting people's data as well, and yeah. and that obviously has a um, flow-on effect from a marketing perspective. Yeah. We're also collecting data on um, uh, what popular meals are and, and whatnot, um, and also we've got a tip function now, um, and it's an optional tip function, and we're like, oh, actually, do you know what? Like, how are we bet- best going to use this tip function because we can switch it on and off but let's switch it on um ask staff if it's all right to redirect all tips to barstool brothers Mm. um and all of a sudden we're making a thousand dollars in tips and we're got a passive fundraising effort for Barstool Brothers. And that was important to us as well yeah. because we don't want to be one of these charities that are just putting our hands out for money and making that our primary objective. Our primary objectives are the outcomes of the members, the individuals. Um, it can't be raising money and we can't be worried about that. 
but let's lean on his boy Elroy and our customer base and the, their generosity to fund a not-for-profit. Yeah. So that's what we're kind of working towards, and that's what coronavirus, the last um, uh, couple of months, have, have um, really lent itself towards, is, is challenging what we're doing, um, uh, thinking about what we're going to do, <coughs> and how can we use the current situation to get us there. Um, and and to be honest, I think I think kind of we're in a good spot, and and both from his boy Elroy's perspective, and also Barstool Brothers' perspective. And I look forward to catching up with you in another couple of years, yeah. and and talking about kind of some of the stuff that, and reflecting on some of the stuff that we've spoken about today, yeah. and um, and saying actually we achieved that and a little bit more. It's it's really exciting, and I want to quickly go back to what you said there about the way that you responded to COVID, I was like really impressed. And Mm. I think I said this to you in person Mm. when I seen you throughout the little break that we had in lockdowns, um, which feels like a lifetime Mm. ago. And the thing for me was we spoke about, we're speaking about leadership a lot Mm. in today's episode. You almost led for the hospitality industry as a whole in Wollongong. And there was almost this, this selflessness. Well, there was Mm. this selflessness where his boy kind of like charged forward for everyone Mm. and gave everyone a path to see an opportunity to continue Mm. you were speaking to members of parliament you were in the media you were Mm. looking at alternate ways to continue to run a business and you thrived because of it Mm. and a couple of people really suffered and probably more than a couple a whole Mm. lot of the industry really suffered and whilst you weren't able to move at maximum capacity and there Mm. would have been those hardships for you as a business too it was really impressive to watch the way that you were able to respond and unite the community together off the back of it. Yeah, well, we had, like, I'm pretty good at understanding how people think, not what they're saying on Facebook or Instagram, but how they're actually thinking, and it can be completely different. Um, and we, we wanted, what you see on social media I, I fucking hate social media. I, I love it, but I hate it because yeah. I love it because it drives business. Um, it allows us to communicate, um, but I hate it because of all the negativity. And um, what we didn't want to do and be as a business, but as individuals was victims. Mm. And because everyone in this situation, it's a global fucking pandemic. Everyone's a victim. Everyone's affected in some way or another at a varying degree. We need to be positive and, and in everything we do, we need to be positive, forward facing and on the front foot. Whether it's being a part of the um, uh, New South Wales Business Commissioner's Reference Group, which mm. advises policy on how, small, how, how government should handle, um, uh, handle the economic response um, yeah. from a small business perspective, whether it's um, the stuff we do with Barstool Brothers or whether it's being in the media and, and talking about Dine and Discover and, and those other incentives. It's important and it was really important for myself and Selena to make sure that we're leading the community um, because the community is our central value um, in our business. Um, and if we sat on our hands and didn't lead the community then we're not living up to our responsibility as members within the community and our position within the community. So um, that, that is why we, we did it. And um, also, we know 
um, that we can get that there's added benefit of, of being that person that steps out in front. Yeah. You're going to get, you, you, you potentially put yourself out there and, and get ridiculed or, or there, there could be criticism and, and shade thrown your way. Yeah. Um, but also, if you break through all that noise, that social media noise, the haters, if you break through that, it's glorious on the other side. We know that um, uh, we, can, we, we can go into things in the future knowing that, hey, actually, we put our money where our mouths are. Um, we, we aren't just one of these businesses that say support local because they want support from the local community. Hang on, man. What have you fucking done for the local community? How have you supported your community? Yeah. Tell me that. You're asking for support, but I'm not going to give it to you unless you give something to the community. Do you know what I mean? 100%. It's something that was obvious to me watching you guys respond to all of this was it's that old adage, right, that like um, you feed your own first, right? Mm. But you guys flipped that on its head mm. and you went, well, throughout a t- time where revenue can be down, it can be hard mm. for us to get business in, we're actually going to give away more. Mm. We're actually going to support the local community. And in turn, for me as a consumer who doesn't own a business in that space, I look at that and I go, well, I know where I'm going as soon as things open back up again. And I know mm. who I want to support. And I know what I want to do is my part as someone who can help now boost the local economy um, as a consumer, as a citizen of Wollongong, because they've done the right thing by us. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so important. Mm. And, and that was amazing at the start of this lockdown. So 16 weeks ago, um, we had a guy... Who, who is a customer, he owns um, Baller's Sports Bar in Fremantle and um, over in Perth and, and he um, saw what was happening and he, he said, oh, guys, I'm going to give you five, I think it was $500 um, to give burgers out to hospitality workers. I'm like, thank you, man. Like, he's like, I just was so taken back with the work that you're doing from a Barstool Brothers mm. perspective when he came over and um, he was doing research on other sports bars. Um, uh, and, and your, your attitude, your customer service. Um, and I felt kind of obliged to help you guys out in, in your time of need um, and, and your community because we know it's, we communicate to our customers about the importance of community. Um, and uh, they, he gave $500 and we, we put up a social post and we, we noticed that it went quite well because it, it wasn't negative, it was positive. Mm. Um, and people respond to that, um, believe it or not, um, on social media. Um, <laughs> and um, we, uh, we then said, okay, well, like, actually, we pay thousands of dollars to our suppliers um, they surely can give us a $500 credit yeah. on our account um, so we can build this fund back up because that $500 went in a day. Um, and we, we reached out to a couple of suppliers and um, we shouted out about their generosity um, when they were all willing to, to donate money um, to this cause. Um, and then people saw that. And then, then um, we had individuals and other businesses reaching out and all of a sudden, at the end of the 16-week period, we've given away $30,000 worth of burgers to... That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah, to, to nurses um, who have been doing it tough um, on the front line, 
to hairdressers who have been shut down to to hospitality workers to barstool brothers um to to a whole heap of tradies um and all of a sudden we've infiltrated from a strategic business perspective we've infiltrated sub communities within our wider community and made an authentic connection with them so then like you said you're more likely to come back and support when we open back mm. up um, but we've also leveraged off the goodwill of our existing community because they are compelled to support us and our endeavours in what we do from a social enterprise perspective yeah. because they know it's authentic because we've got Barstool Brothers in place and we put our money where our mouth is and we've, we, we always advocate for our community. So that's why it work, works so well. Definitely. I want to have a little bit of a... I guess a bit of banter back and forth at the mm. end of this podcast and talk about a few things that are happening in the world of food and, um, mm-hmm. you know, business and hospitality in particular. Um, but before we do, I want to make sure that whilst we're having this really relevant and important chat, that everyone listening or watching this knows how they can become a part of that community mm-hmm. or how they can do their part to help that community. Mm-hmm. So is there a way where it's easiest for people to connect with Barstool Brothers? Yeah, so we've got two, two things um, up and running at the moment. We've got Barstool Brothers, so log on to Facebook um, and search the Barstool Brothers. It's a private group. Um, there's also links on his boy Roy's pages, um, and you can you can join that, and there's information posted about events. For example, trivia tonight at the Illawarra, yeah. um, or, um, or bowling next Tuesday night down at Albion Park, um, or um, our regular um, catch-up every second Tuesday of the month um, at 6pm where people can just come down and, and socialise. Um, they can get a free burger, beer and fries. They also have the opportunity to pay it forward. And if you pay it forward, you get a little card and you have the opportunity to then go and give that card to someone you might think that, that needs it. And mm. therefore it compounds our community um, and also, it's a non-verbal cue that a bloke can give to another bloke and say, come down for a burger and a beer. Yeah. I know there's something wrong, but like, yeah. they don't need to say that. Yeah. How are you? Are it's you that okay? soft invitation. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's come down to his boy for a burger and beer. But more importantly, we're going to have a chat. Um, so... Um, that's how you can get involved with the Barstool Brothers. Um, we also run a, a pay it forward um program now so you can log on to the website and if you want a free meal delivered um any day you can log on um and you, you don't have to be a bar store brother you can be anyone just someone in hardship you can log on and get a free burger de- um delivered well you can get whatever you want delivered um you can also log on and, and pay it forward as well um so um and, and that's been really helpful with this whole um uh inclusion piece around or, or um, discrimination piece around um, people who aren't vaccinated and, yeah. and their inability to go out and socialize and enjoy coming down to his boy Elroy or, yeah. or, um, or wherever it is they, they we, we put that in place so they can feel included and they can yeah. get a free feed if they want and they we, we can come out and visit them as well and the community of people who are out and about can also log on and pay for a free feed. Yeah. Because there's so much hate and division. We're like, nah, actually, 
you know what i think it's all manufactured online and it's all yeah. it's all inflated online i think people are actually generally genuinely good yeah people, 100% yeah. and you got to believe that yeah you know as someone who believes in humanity like yeah. you've got to believe that we're all good inside mm. like and sometimes through challenging times just judgment gets clouded people mm. get i guess people get angry and aggressive and a little bit confused and upset by what's happening in the world and at the at the core of it we're all connected we're yeah. all human we just need to get back to that and for me it's been noticeable in the last two weeks in particular as things have opened back up there just feels like there's a little spring in everyone's yeah head. yeah that's like, it people are walking around with smiles on their faces again i really hope that mm. for the whole of new south wales victoria australia and everyone who's done it tough throughout this period and really around the world because like mm. you said this is a global pandemic um, I really hope that we get back to just being human beings and connecting and, um, you know, remove that division. And also, um, I, I noticed when I I got back from Afghan um, in 2010, um, everything, uh, everything in, in life felt like a little bit easier to deal with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping... Um, once this pandemic start, we start to kind of treat it as the new normal, mm. um, and society kind of gets back on track. Um, I hope people kind of take takes it easy a little bit, like yeah. and, and approaches life with uh, not taking things so serious. Yeah. Um, and not uh, not with this freaking fake outrage. Mm. I think like, and you see it online a lot. It, I I think kind of. Like it's a good opportunity for us to kind of reset in a way, yeah. um, and and just have a, a fresher approach and outlook on kind of situations in life, um, and um, appreciate the the um, uh, connection we have with each other and friendships and relationships as Definitely. well. Definitely, you know something that's been, and I guess this might be a nice note to sort of finish this serious part of the conversation on is for me there's there was a real realization i wrote about it in a post on instagram yesterday um for me my event started 42 for cf started as a marathon for cystic fibrosis mm. to prove that people with cystic fibrosis you know you to basically to prove that anything is possible if you believe in yourself but more importantly that when life throws a challenge at you um you know if you weather the storm you'll be able to get back up and and go again mm. and that was really important to me in the first year and in this second year what I learned was for all of the challenges I overcame in the first year this year I was provided with even bigger ones yeah and yeah. I was like far out I went from not being able to run 5ks to running a marathon mm. and I thought all my challenges were there and gone mm. but now I'm getting hit with bigger challenges and this is tough again. Mm. But for me, what it taught me was really the meaning of my whole event and the meaning of life is you are 100% going to get knocked on your ass at some point mm. in time. No one's lucky enough to miss that. Whether it be mental health, other health mm. struggles, whether it be business or career struggles or you know the struggle to find purpose or something of meaning in your life, you're going to get knocked on your ass. But yeah. as that old cliche saying goes, like that's what makes you stronger. That's what makes you who you are and it builds resilience and it builds character. And I really hope, like you said, that through these struggles of the past two years, there's this character and resilience now where there are gonna be tough times ahead. But 
we've built this connection as community and as human beings where we can move through this together and be strong for each other. So I'm really excited for the next couple of months and years ahead and hopefully we've learned something from this two-year period. Yeah, I'm sure we have. But yeah, no, I, I think kind of like the, the character and the resilience piece is key and um, hopefully people um, and, and politicians um, uh, don't steer us into a, a discourse which mm. is, is negative and hate-filled um, because I think we've had enough of all that. Definitely. A mm. um, little bit of fun conversation yeah. and banter and to sort of change topic a little bit to finish off here. Um, have you been to America? Yes. Okay, have you tested the big burger joints? You like that? Do you see that test on oh, YouTube in, and on social all the time? It's like In-N-Out, yeah. Shake Shack. Mm. Um, in and out Shake Shack, Five Guys, yeah. Whataburger, like there's those big chains. Yeah. Have you been to any of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to um been to all of them actually. Um none of them really stood out. I like Wahlburger. Apparently they're coming to to Australia as well. Okay. A Mark Wahlberg's burger joint. Yep. Um I like just on a side note, he's a really interesting character to to um, get into, and and his kind of hustle as well. It's mm. unbelievable. Him and um, who's that comedian? The um, uh, escapes me at the moment. Um, Where would I know him from? He's a rocks mate. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Hart is a hustler. His story is incredible. Have you watched his yeah. doco series on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Incredible. Yeah, it's a great peek to kind of what what makes someone successful, um, and Mark Wahlberg's the same. So yeah, I'm looking forward to his burger place coming. But I heard um, was it in an in no five guys opened up in Penrith. Penrith. I've um, heard really they're getting fucking grilled. The prices yeah. are, are a little bit off. I think a mate a mate of mine who actually does podcasts. I've been on his show, Nick Batar. Um, he's from that way mm. and he's from the Blue Mountains and Nick and his missus went and tested it mm. and they're like 70 bucks for yeah. like two burgers, <laughs> chips and drinks and yeah. I was like, what yeah. is going on there? Well, and it, like his boy's burgers aren't aren't the cheapest. For for a burger and tri- chips, it's $19, for example. Yeah. Um, but, but also, like we balance it off by saying, actually, like by you paying this $19... Mm. This is what you're getting from a customer service perspective, an experience perspective, um, uh, what we do in a community yeah. perspective. This allows everything to happen. And people are, are happy to pay that um, because there is value for them. Um, yeah, but I feel like anywhere you go now, right, like $20 for a meal, mm. which is as tasty as a His Boy yeah. Burger is, as filling as a His Boy Burger mm. is, in that environment is really reasonable. A hundred percent. But like to pay seventy for two is insane. Yeah, 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 I'm like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it's a it's a fucking takeaway store. Have you yeah. ever thought about like you look at those chains? The reason I asked about those chains is have you ever thought about his boy being more than the one shop? I know you've tested mm. locations and done stuff in other areas before. Are there any of those plans in the future that you're allowed to reveal? No no, there's like in, in all honesty, if we opened up multiple locations, we would be fucking selling out. We're, yeah. Like, everything we preach is around community and yeah. authenticity. When yeah. you start to duplicate your product, you lose authenticity. Yep. You lose control. 
Um, I, I can't be in two places. Chinny can't be in two places or, yeah. or Mo, our head chef. Um, uh, so you lose authenticity and control over your product and your brand um, and you put it in someone else's hands and um, they might they might have the right intentions but they don't know how to execute at that de- deeper level, that community level. Um, so we wouldn't, we wouldn't look to, to open up another location under any circumstance. Um, uh, we would look at alternate products like um, we, we've ex- we're, you know we're heavily into that beer scene the craft yeah. beer scene so um, if it was a brewery maybe that's that would be yeah. something else where we can we, where we can not duplicate but we can um, we can create something new yep um, uh, and and also have that connection between the two it makes sense yeah um, for, for our, our, our brand. Um, and we've got a, a food truck coming as well. So That's exciting. We, we can pop up around um, and we'll be doing a whole big community piece on, on how we use the food truck. Um, but we'll be popping up, um, whether it's in Shell Harbour or up in Bulleye. That's where great. We're both, both tested down at Resin. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's the extent of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's really exciting. Obviously, we spoke about before we hit record here today, um, Dave Portnoy and what mm. he's done at Barstool Sports. The the way that I knew Dave Portnoy mm. was watching his pizza reviews. Yeah, and then <laughs> phenomenal. I learned, phenomenal. Yeah. And then I learned that this guy's actually the founder mm. of a company that's now worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. Um, but I love those pizza reviews. And even as someone who is a world away from the US right now, mm. I'm fascinated by what the best pizza joint in the US is. Mm. Have you got, like, for you, what are, like, your go-tos? Like, not night out, you and Selena are just going to get some food, some grub. Let's say it's pizza. Yeah. What's the go-to? If it's a burger, obviously you guys are the go-to, but, like, those other meals, say it was, like, a fast food, like a Macca's, KFC, like, drive through situation. Yeah. What, oh, are you, what are your go-tos? Oh, so, far, from a fast food perspective, it's KFC with yeah. the wings, um, in a regular combo with extra chicken salt on the chips and nice. a Pepsi, fucking smash that down, man. Um, fr- from a, a pizza perspective, we we like again. I've like I'm not I'm not um, bullshitting, but we are like passionate about supporting local. Passionate, so um, we we don't try not to order off Uber Eats or Deliveroo yeah. and and those delivery apps. Um, and, and we try and support those local businesses by going in there and, and saying g'day. But we, we love the, the pizza down at North Pav, which yeah. on Balm they were closed through, um, Very through lockdown. Good, eh? Yeah, the, the, cafe, the kiosk was open through lockdown, but um, the, the restaurant was, was closed. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. It's, you know what's crazy is, for me, watching the places that closed down, I was devastated because there were so many good ones. But like you said, we've almost like forgotten that you can actually order and get delivery from most restaurants, not on an app. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost remarkable how the marketing power of these products like Uber Mm. Eats, Deliveroo, Manulog, there's a new one every week, DoorDash. Mm. You almost forget that you can actually order from places. So that's a message to people like to support local just like ring up and ask first. Yeah, it's thirty percent, man. Thirty percent. That's huge. On when when we first went into lockdown and our kitchen was cranky, thirty percent, um, with ninety percent of all orders going through those applications is mm. ten thousand dollars a week. We're paying in commission mm. to them 
fucking did my head in. Yeah. I went out and bought a van and we launched our own um, in-house delivery model. Makes sense. Yeah, but there's like we we've got that luxury of being high volume um, restaurants, so we can we can challenge the status quo. There's a lot of restaurants that that they can't afford the delivery infrastructure, the staffing, the van um, uh, to do their own deliveries. Um, so sometimes it's a necessary evil to support them through there. But if you if you double vaxxed and if you if you got a car and got transport to to mm. get to that venue to pick up the food, um, spend a little bit of extra time. But it is convenient having the the. Apps. It is. But you also I feel like sometimes it takes up bloody mm. long anyways. Yeah. I remember one night we were in the studio here mm. and. It was like we're doing like a couple of the boys. We caught a fire in the booth. It lasted for an episode. It was, it was popular. Yeah. It was just manic. Trying to get yeah. four blokes not talking over each other in an episode. <laughs> and two of the boys ordered, I can't even remember which site. It might have been Log. Mm. And I was, it's the one that Snoop Dogg's in. Yeah, yeah, Menulog. Yeah. yeah. They ordered some food here mid-podcast because mm. I hadn't eaten dinner. It's like 8 o'clock at night. And literally, it just never came. They never yeah. heard anything. Never got. And I'm like... They're waiting until like ten o'clock that night. Menu log or menu log cancel our orders. Deliveroo turn our restaurant off when there's too much load on the yeah. the, net, the driver or courier network. Um, it's a fucking shit show. There is actually a business opportunity in this whole delivery space if mm. people go in there without profits in mind. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think, um, I, I actually had a, um, chat with a software engineer yesterday, super smart guy, young guy, ambitious. He, he obviously identifies an issue as a consumer, food's yeah. rocking up late. Um, drivers don't care. Um, sometimes they're taking three or four meals at once and, mm. um, your meal that they have might be the last meal they deliver. So it's cold. Um, there, there's an opportunity there. I, yeah, it it just would take the the right type of people to to exploit that. Yeah, definitely. Um, last question I'm going to ask you, which is incredibly important question, <laughs> maybe the most important thing that we speak about ever on the podcast. Um, the age old debate that got a lot of media and hype at his yeah. boy, um, the perfect chip. Oh, <laughs> it's got to be thick cut. It, like, we we copped a lot of flack. Oh, my God. No, actually, like, people... this It summarises social media in a nutshell. There's so much outrage when we move to thick cut away from skinny fries. The reason we do is they hold their heat better. It's better for delivery. We've been in, we're in this age of lockdown. Yeah. Um, it, it's better for delivery, and it holds its heat and crisp better than shoestring. There was so much like people fake outrage. Do you know what? We don't get anyone asking about it in store. Yeah. We don't. Our, our Google rating um, last year was four point eight one um, stars out of five. Like three years ago, it was four point two stars. Actually, does that mean the food quality's gone up? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm on thick cut. Um, all I the way. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And for me, I'm like. There's nothing better than when you get a nice thick cut mm. chip. It's got that little bit of crisp on the outside, yeah. but it's actually got some chip in it. Yeah. Like sometimes you get a Macca's and I'm like, I'm just literally eating deep fried air. I do like thin cut. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I actually, I actually enjoy eating them better. Really? But 
there is something in the psyche of people when they get thick cuts they and with a burger there's better value for money mm. because it fills you up a little bit more um, there is better value for money and that's why we've seen an increase in our Google star rating it also holds more seasoning and salt on the side yeah. <laughs> makes sense to me yeah analyzing the chips yeah that's it <laughs> hey I want to say thank you so much for coming in um, we've been going for a minute now mm. Obviously, a real pleasure to have you back in the studio. Very nostalgic mm-hmm. for me um, doing this to go, wow, like that was all the way back at episode one. And to think that we're here now in your oh, location. And it's really exciting, but also um, there's a lot of pride for me as a local resident to be able to see what you've done with his boy, the community you've created with the Barstool Brothers. And I'm very excited for the future of everything you're doing. Um, you and Selena and I take my hat off to you both and the team that you've built there because it's, you know, it's really impressive. Cheers, man. Pleasure. Thanks. Thank you so much. Guys, make sure you subscribe, like, share, comment, send it to your mum, send it to your friend, do all those things to make sure this show grows. Um, We love producing content for you guys, having these guest interviews, um, the weekly sports shows, Bloke and Their Balls, make sure you get onto that, Um, as well as the show with my sister every week where we talk about a whole heap of funny stories and segments um, called Brattles and Sissies. That's it from me today. Um, We'll catch up with you guys soon. Thanks, guys.